0: hello and welcome to easy big, big takes, takes the podcast where we read you the one star reviews of your favorite movies and more my name's Kat. and i'm riley and this week i wanted to wait for the right time when it felt right to do this movie because it means a lot to me and a lot of people, but this movie's been my personality since I watched it in 2009. (laughs) Today, we're doing Coraline as a part of the theme of claymation and fall vibes. So Coraline came out in 2009. It is rated PG, and it is an hour, and some places at hour 41, some said hour 55. So, this is a little bit lengthier than most plots that we read, but this is kind of a complicated movie. (laughs) A lot of stuff happens. So this is the plot if you've never seen Coraline before. So Coraline Jones and her parents move into the Pink Palace Apartments in Ashland, Oregon from Pontiac, Michigan. A black cat spies on Coraline, who is wandering off with a dowsing rod. She eventually encounters an old well and a boy named Wybie, the grandson of her landlady. He reveals that the dowsing rod is actually poison oak before leaving. Coraline returns home with a rash on her hand. Her parents are too busy working to pay attention to her. Coraline receives an old doll that resembles her from Wybie. Her father, Charlie, suggests that she go explore their new home. While exploring, Coraline comes across a tiny little door in the living room. She begs her mother to open the door for her using a key with a button motif, only to find it blocked by bricks. That night, Coraline is awakened by two mice who lead her to the tiny door downstairs. The brick wall is replaced by a tunnel leading to another door on the other side. Curious, Coraline crawls inside but finds herself returning to the same living room. She meets a doppelganger of her mother with buttons for eyes who nicknames herself the Other Mother. Coraline meets the Other Father, who plays her a song on a piano that controls his movement. The three of them then have a full course meal. The Other Parents explain how they've been waiting for her. Coraline becomes concerned when the Other Mother suggests hide-and-go-seek in the rain, since her real mother hates rain and messes. The Other Parents take her to her room. The Other Mother places mud on her itchy hand before tucking her in. Coraline wakes up in the real world, believing it was a dream. Her rash is healed, but the little door is still blocked. Coraline goes goes to visit the neighbors downstairs, two former burlesque actresses named April Spink and Miriam Forcible. Along the way Coraline meets her other neighbor, Bobinsky, who owns a mouse circus. He warns Coraline about the danger of the tiny door and not to go through it. She encounters Wybie and he explains how his grandmother used to have a twin sister that disappeared when they were young. That night, Coraline leaves cheddar at her door for the mice. They arrive and Coraline follows them into the other world. She greets the other mother. I would never follow a mouse. It's me outside the door eating the cheese. (laughs) Get out of here! (laughs) She greets the other mother, who asks Coraline to fetch the other father working in the garden. Coraline is amazed when the other father shows her the garden shaped like herself. The three have a dinner breakfast meal until the other YB arrives and he cannot speak. Him and Coraline attend the other Bobinsky's mouse circus performance. After the show, Coraline is tucked into bed by the other mother, father, and YB. Coraline wakes up in the real world again and finds the cheddar gone and the tiny door locked. She goes with her mother, Mel, to drop her father off and go shopping. Mel explains how she found rat poop near the door, so she locked it. When they get home, Mel leaves to get groceries. Coraline uses the button key to unlock the door and finds the tunnel to the other world and enters. The other mother is absent, but left a note inviting her to the other Spink and Forcibles performance. On her way, Coraline encounters the cat who can travel between worlds. He warns Coraline about the how dangerous the other world is, but she ignores it and goes to the performance with the other YB. Afterwards, the other mother and father greet her outside. They offer to let her stay in their world forever on the condition that they sew buttons in her eyes. Coraline runs away from them, locks herself in her room and tries to fall asleep. She wakes up still in the other world. She goes to the other father and demands to see the other mother who has locked herself in the living room, but the other father is forced to remain silent. Coraline retreats into the woods with the cat who explains how the other mother is evil. As they return, The cat catches a circus mouse and reveals it to be a rat in disguise. Coraline breaks into the living room where the other mother is waiting. Coraline demands to leave, but the other mother locks her in a small room behind a mirror. There, she meets three ghost children, who were her previous victims. They explain how the other mother, who they call the Beldam, used the doll to spy on them and lured them into the other world. She sewed buttons in their eyes and took their lives. I didn't mean to make that rhyme. Um, The ghost... The ghost children persuade Coraline to find their eyes during her escape so their souls can be set free. The other, Wybie, breaks Coraline out and helps her to escape. Coraline returns home to find her parents missing. She finds Wybie at her door and realizes the doll belonged to his grandmother's missing sister. She tries to explain the situation, but he doesn't believe her, so she chases him away. Coraline visits Spink Enforceable for help, and Miss Spink carves her a stone. She goes to bed and is woken up by the cat. He leads her to the mirror in the hallway, where a vision of her parents freezing in a snowy environment appears in the reflection. Coraline finds a doll of her parents, realizing they were taken. She burns the doll and decides to go back to the other world. She encounters Beldam disguised as her mother, who locks the door and swallows the key. Coraline proposes that she and the Beldam play a game where she must find the ghost eyes and her parents, and if she doesn't, the Beldam can keep her forever. Coraline visits the wonders made by the Beldam to find the ghost eyes encountering trouble at each stop. With all three ghost eyes in her possession, the entire other world starts disappearing. Coraline and the cat enter the house and find the Beldam in her true form, a humanoid arachnid creature. Coraline tricks the other mother into opening the tiny door. As the Beldam gloats for winning, Coraline throws the cat at her, and he makes manages to rip out her button eyes. The enraged witch turns the entire room into a giant spiderweb. Coraline manages to escape through the open door. With the help of the ghost children's strength, she was able to close and lock the door, severing the Beldam's hand. She escapes, and her parents return home with no memory of what happened. That night, Coraline's parents tuck her into bed. Coraline greets the cat at her window and apologizes for throwing him at the Beldam. She goes to sleep and dreams of meeting the ghost children, who thank her, but explain that she needs to dispose of the key. Coraline wakes up, and heads towards the old well. Meanwhile, the beldam-severed hand manages to sneak into the real world and follow Coraline. YB steps in to save Coraline after the hand tries to stop her. They throw the hand's remains and the key down the well. The two reconcile their friendship and promise to tell YB's grandmother the truth about her sister. The next day, the Joneses and the neighbors are hosting a garden party. YB and his grandmother arrive, and Coraline prepares to tell her everything. The end.
1: I never realized, like, the ending's so nice, but I didn't realize, like, she's about to tell YB's grandmother mother like the truth.
0: <laughs> I know what happened to your sister.
1: Yeah, it's actually kind of a lot. Yeah. She's about to tell her something really
0: heavy. And and it's a happy ending. She got to live and and she gets to tell her. And I'm sure she like... Believed her. Yeah. But like, she probably knew something about where her sister was going at night. Yeah. Like her sister was probably like, you should come too or something at Mm -hmm. some point, you know? Oh, yeah. So I guess it would probably be, she'd probably be like, oh, I guess that is what happened. Mm -hmm. But this movie was directed by Henry Selleck and written by Henry Selleck and is based on the novel, by Neil Gaiman. Henry Selleck did Nightmare Before Christmas and he also did James and the Giant Peach which are usually falsely credited to Tim Burton as well as this movie. It's insane how much to this day this movie gets attributed to him just because it's climation. Mm -hmm. It's like he had nothing I think he was maybe an executive producer but he didn't do shit. His most iconic movie quote unquote isn't even his it's Henry Selleck's. Yeah. I'm gonna limit the amount that he comes up because he doesn't deserve the airtime. it's not about him. Tim Burton haters here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) but the the cast of this movie, Dakota Fanning plays Coraline, Terry Hatcher plays Mel Jones, and the other mother, aka the Beldam. She was in Spy Kids, apparently. Really? Is she the mom? No, she's like the other lady that pops up, like the other older lady. She's like a... It's been a minute. I cannot... She looks looks a lot like the mom, but -hmm. she's like the bad guys. She's a... It's been admitted as well, but yeah. I, I caught, you know? Yeah. But then there's Jennifer Saunders, who's April Spink, and is also the fairy godmother in Shrek 2. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And then Dawn French is Miriam Forcible. And uh, this was a random thing in there, but she's the lady in the painting from Harry Potter. That's so funny. Yeah. So random. And then John Hodgman is Charlie Jones. John Linnell is the other father's singing voice. And Robert Bailey Jr. is YB Lovett. And he was also one of the two teenage boys from The Happening. Oh! okay
1: yeah i know okay that's yeah that's funny wow
0: and then keith david is the cat and his voice you will probably recognize from a lot of things he's dr facilier and the princess and the frog he was in the thing he Ooh, was in adventure yeah. time as balthus and the flame king yeah mm-hmm. he's done a lot of voice work yeah definitely yeah and then Ian McShane is Bobinsky, and he plays Winston in the John Wick franchise. Yeah, he's Frank, the dad in Hot Rod, and he's also Blackbeard in Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Okay, wow, dang, mm-hmm. that's crazy. These two, the
0: the yeah, the goofiest characters of the movie.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, wow,
0: that's crazy. This is a really good t- cast.
1: Mm-hmm. Really amazing.
0: Also, Keith David is such an amazing he has such an amazing voice yeah he does i would find a way to put him in any animated thing just give him something give him something
1: and i bet he's really fun to work with because like the variety of shows that he's done like i feel like he's if he likes it he'll do it you know
0: he was the president in rick and morty that is true yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) But I, I have some trivia. I have a lot of trivia, I should say. The budget for this movie was $60 million and it the box office it made $124.6 million, which is not surprising at all to me. Oh, that's really good, actually. That's amazing. So during production, Leica Studios had students from the Art Institute of Portland help with the film in terms of set and design, which I thought was really cool. Could you imagine? Like you're you're just like doing your art school stuff and you got to help make Coraline?
1: That's amazing. I'm jealous.
0: Yeah, put that on your resume. You see that tiny little light bulb? I screwed that in. I screwed that in. <laughs> but this is also like uh, the production company, like the production studio. This is their first feature film that they ever released. It was their first one. Mm-hmm. Coraline set very high expectations for the things to follow, but that's partially due to the story written by Neil Gaiman. Because Paranorman's great. I love Paranorman. Paranorman's great. Uh, Kubo's really good. And then the next thing I have is that just as Neil Gaiman was finishing his novella in 2002, he met Selleck and invited him to make a film adaptation, as Gaiman was a fan of Selleck's other stop-motion projects, The Nightmare Before Christmas and James and the Giant Peach. When Selleck thought that a direct adaptation would lead to maybe a 47-minute movie, the screenplay had some expansions, like the introduction of Wybie, who was not present in the original novel. And then I think, like, the other differences is it takes place over a longer period of time. It's not days Back to back, it's like a few weeks of her going in there. Yeah, and also Bobinski's way more of just like an old man than he is like an acrobat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, do doing like what like um handstand push-ups on the roof,
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. and almost landing on a garden (laughs) (laughs) shear. I love that. Uh, But the next thing I have is that when looking for a design away from that of most animation, Salek discovered the work of Japanese illustrator Tadahiro Usugi and invited him to become the concept artist. One of Usugi's biggest influences was on the color palette, which was muted in reality and more colorful in the other world, similar to The Wizard of Oz. Usugi declared that, quote, at the beginning, it was supposed to be a small project over a few weeks to simply create characters. However, I ended up working on the project for over a year eventually designing sets and backgrounds on top of drawing the basic images for the story to be built upon end quote i'd like to believe that that means like he really liked the project that's what it seems like which it seems like they had a lot of dedicated people on this set
1: yeah everyone saw the the vision you know? Oh, yeah. They knew how good this was going to be.
0: Yeah, for sure. The next thing I have is that Coraline was staged on a 140,000 square foot warehouse in Hillsborough, Oregon. The stage was divided into 50 lots, which played host to nearly 150 sets. Among the sets were three miniature Victorian mansions, a 42 foot apple orchard, and a model of Ashland, Oregon, including tiny details such as banners for the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Dang. And then more than 28 animators worked at a time on rehearsing or shooting scenes producing 90 to 100 seconds of finished animation each week
1: only 100 seconds seconds per week wow that's crazy that's like a little bit over a minute Mm -hmm. that's nuts that's it takes
0: a it takes a while Mm -hmm.
1: and it takes a village it takes a village 28 animators at one time that's crazy Yeah.
0: And then I have that every object on screen was made for the film. The crew used 3D printing systems from object in the development and production of the film. Computer artists composited separately shot elements together or added elements of their own, which had to look handcrafted instead of computer generated. For instance, the flames were done with traditional animation and painted digitally, and the fog was done with dry ice.
1: Another thing too, like labor of love. You don't do claymation because it's easy or... (laughs)
0: You know, like, you know what you're signing up for. Yeah. And you have to believe in it.
1: You gotta, be- you gotta believe in the process, but it's a labor of love. That's, it's honestly impressive.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, oh, this one is the most impressive thing, I think. Not, th- th- to me. I was like, holy shit. Um, so one crew member, Althea Chrome, was hired specifically to knit miniature sweaters and other clothing for the puppet characters, sometimes using knitting needles as thin as human hair. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh! Because I get they are so small and they have all those little clothes on. I never even thought about it. The little men's,
0: yeah the soundtrack for Coraline features songs composed by French composer Bruno Coulet with one The Other Father song by They Might Be Giants. The Other Father's singing voice is provided by John Linnell, one of the singers from the band.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They initially had written 10 songs for the film. um, And when a melancholy tone for the film was decided, all but the one song was cut.
1: Dang it. They should release all the songs. They should because that's a good song. Is it the one where he sings like writing a song about Coraline? Song about, yeah. I love that,
0: and I'm glad they didn't go the musical route, yeah, I'm sure the songs were great, mm-hmm. but it, I like the melancholy tone,
1: yeah, yeah, well, the composer the the what do you call it um the this this the soundtrack for the score, the score, the score, it is so melancholy and it's so pretty and like just a little.
0: You know, like that little Oh, yeah. The, this next fact is about that, actually. The- okay, awesome. Yeah. So, Kulé's score was performed by the Hungarian Symphony Orchestra and features choral pieces sung by the Children's Choir of Nice. In Is that how it's in France? Is it pronounced nice or is it nice? <laughs> I don't know why you're asking me. You took for run <laughs> And I gotta see <laughs> well uh, as an american i'm gonna say nice <laughs> so they sing in a nonsense language so they're not singing actual words mm-hmm. and Selick mentions that the main soloist quote a young girl you hear singing in several parts of the film end quote is coincidentally named coraline no she's not that's crazy nah mm-hmm.
1: nah that's
0: crazy Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of TikToks. My sister sent me many and I had to avoid watching them because I wanted to <laughs> notice things on my own or get it from research. But some there's everything that's in the film is intentional and like you can pick up a lot of little things within the film. But something that I had never noticed because I didn't know what he looked like, honestly, the face on the dollar bill that is given to the movers as a tip the picture on it, the face mm-hmm. is the director Henry selick It's his <laughs> picture on there.
1: That's fantastic. Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know if I had it. Okay, so I'll, I'll put, I'll join this fact with that since it's related. But the two members of the Ranft brothers moving company that moves Coraline's family into their home are named for brothers Jerome Ranft and Joe Ranft. Both brothers did work on The Nightmare Before Christmas with director Henry selick So he, paid, he had a little homage to them in there at the beginning too. Love it. Yeah. And then initially, this film was actually going to be a live-action movie, and Dakota Fanning was going to portray Coraline still, but, like, in live-action, mm. which I'm glad they didn't do, because I don't see that working as well, personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just so iconic as Claymation, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you are going to like this fact a lot. Mm -hmm. Mr. Bobinsky is wearing the Russian hero medal for service at the Chernobyl nuclear disaster on April 26, 1986, which reads on the front, participant in the cleanup campaign. The 4A3C indicates Chernobylskaya nuclear power plant. The medal is unique as it is the only medal in the world awarded for participation in a nuclear cleanup. That might explain his complexion and odd behavior. So he helped clean up Chernobyl. Oh, Um, shit. Yeah. He also has a Russian Federation flag outside of his his house that's hanging in the front. Oh, my God. Oh, so it's very intentional. That's why he's yeah. blue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why are you yeah. blue? <laughs> <laughs> he's the only character in the movie that's like that doesn't look human. Yeah, he looks like a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But it's because he cleaned up Chernobyl, goddammit. Yeah, he's a hero. Yeah, and I that's something I never would have noticed. I don't know what the Chernobyl cleanup crew pin looks like. Yeah. I, but he's wearing one. He's just a corpse. I—I <laughs> I mean, I thought he was like in the military or something because mm-hmm. he like salutes her, and he's wearing a—he's wearing a medal. But no, he cleaned up Chernobyl. Yeah,
1: yeah. Dang.
0: So the next thing I have is that in an hour and 40 minutes long, this was the longest stop motion film until Kubo and the Two Strings, also made by Leica. So this was the longest ever stop motion film until then. Dang. And then in the initial recording session, Don French played the role of Miss Spink and Jennifer Saunders played Miss Forcible. However, director Henry Selick wasn't satisfied with the results. So he had French and Saunders switch roles and re-record their parts. Really? That's funny.
1: He's like, their voices don't match. Yeah. I'm really happy with that because I could not imagine those two flipped. Yeah. And I'm glad the director also saw that. (laughs) It was like, no, this is wrong.
0: (laughs) And the the funniest thing is like... If you look at both of these women, they look like the opposite. So that's probably why they got cast as the opposite initially. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. They're also like a famous duo in the UK. They had like a show Mm. that ran for a really long time. They're like a comedy duo. So yeah, they just visually looked the other way around. How funny. Yeah. And then next I have that Neil Gaiman was typing the name Caroline, but he made a mistake and it came out Coraline. Gaiman says, quote, I looked at the word Coraline. Coraline and I knew it was someone's name. I wanted to know what happened to her, end quote, which inspired him to write the novel on which the film is based. So this movie happened because of a typo. Dang, that's awesome. <laughs> and then I have that Coraline's facial combinations consist of 3D printed prototypes. New technology enabled a prototype to be modeled by a computer, which was then hand painted by the modeling department. Each jaw replacement was clipped between Coraline's eyes, resulting in a visible line, which was later digitally removed frame by frame. There were a total of 207,000 possible face combinations for her character.
1: Oh my God. You really, it's dedication doing this stuff.
0: It it is again like you have to believe in the project you have to like jesus christ y- you gotta love it because i i can't imagine yeah I, I imagine this was a bad
1: movie you know like- this is a bad movie oh my god that's that's, that's so funny to think <laughs>
0: It's like I feel like it's hard for a claymation movie to be truly bad if it like just imagine having to do all that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like somebody believed in you. Like
1: Yeah, exactly. There there was there was work, sweat, and passion, you know, put it into I would say in in every I don't know, I'm trying to think of a bad movie, but there really isn't a bad one. It's just its own thing, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there is one, but I, I would probably look at it and be like, I could see where they didn't believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the next thing I have is... When Coraline sees her friends in her photo from Michigan, she exclaims, my best trolls. The word troll is a common Michigan nickname for someone who lives in the lower peninsula of Michigan, apparently.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I thought she was just being weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's another thing. Like, the first time I heard her say, my swampers and chook, I was like, what the fuck are those words? (laughs) What language are you speaking? I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) And then I had this came up while I was watching the movie as like a little like Amazon f- Prime fact thing. Okay, it was that the shower scene, the shower part in the scene where she's exploring the house, is a reference to Psycho. I feel like you could just say that about any scene that happens with a shower, but yeah, and I kind the music kind of does a Psycho theme thing right it there. does
1: okay yeah when she slap it she she pulls it back she gasps sees all the cockroaches mm-hmm.
0: okay 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 yeah 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 Yeah. the sh- the psycho thing was my last trivia fact so um enlighten me what do you do- what are your thoughts this time watching it well i've seen this
1: movie 50 times <laughs> you know mm-hmm. in my life i'm pretty sure you made me watch this movie first first time Years and years ago. I wouldn't doubt it. And it was really good. Probably saw it the most at your at your old house. Yeah. But it's such, like, I think you've described it as such a comfort movie. And it just is. There's just, there's a rarity to a movie like this. Oh, yeah. Where it just feels good. Like, it's just, this is a good movie that makes me feel just a comfort. It's a comfort movie.
0: Yeah, It's like the same way, like, a rainy day makes you feel is like how this movie makes me feel. Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
1: It's just fantastic. It's so atmospherical. A little fun fact that I did not observe myself. I saw on TikTok, but I still think it's really fun to share. (laughs) No, go ahead. This lady was talking about the very, very beginning. Oh, the the tools. Yeah. The tools. She was talking Mm -hmm. about how the tools, she was like, I I kept recognizing these tools because they're not sewing material tools. She used them for sewing to make the doll. But she recognized them because I forgot who her father, her grandfather was a mortician and owned a morgue. The tools and the toolkit used in the movie are embalming tools. There's mm-hmm. like bone saws and, and all that. Like, scalpels. Yeah. Like, and she said in this video, I wish I knew her name, but I don't. But there's a million one Coraline <laughs> facts out there.
0: She has like a whole, like her whole, her whole her account channel is dedicated. Serena sent me. 30 from her yeah, yeah yeah i only watched that one because she was like did you watch it and i was like fine, mm-hmm. fine i'll watch the one <laughs> but yeah like she goes in depth like she goes frame by frame and is like here's this thing here's this thing yeah
1: her username is belle devel she said in that video she's not preparing a doll she's preparing Coraline's funeral mm-hmm. and it's it's just it gives you goosebumps you know
0: oh yeah the amount of those little things they do so much showing not telling
1: yeah It is amazing, and the detail is amazing, too. I don't have a single negative thing to say about this movie. All I want to do is talk about all the parts I like, the little songs. Just visually, this movie is amazing. Yeah. Story-wise, this movie is amazing. I don't have a single, and I would argue about anything, anyone has anything to say negative about this film. I say this a lot about movies I like, especially ones that Mm -hmm. aren't perfect. This is... This has to be one of the very few perfect movies ever. Yeah. And it is one of those things where like, if anyone has anything to say negative wise, I don't think you know what you're talking about. And I, I know we haven't even gone there yet. Yeah. I'm just prepping. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Imagine how it was for me to fucking take notes. For <laughs> I this. know. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what idiot... <laughs> <laughs> this is what idiot
1: had to say that was negative yeah. about this movie nah
0: yeah with anything that's based on a book people try to pull like the oh the book was better th-, but oh so fucking obnoxious <laughs> i've read the book i love the book yeah i'm sure it's great the movie is great personally i'm not like super into reading books i'm not looking for like exactly my vision of it especially in situations where like they sought somebody out to make it for them i trust it you know and this is such a great movie Aside from being tied to the book. Mm -hmm. So it's like it it stands alone from it like i you're just stupid at that point you know
1: yeah and it's one of those things too where like okay you want the movie to be exactly like the book so you can walk out going oh it was exactly like the book it was so
0: boring Ugh, it was predictable
1: it was so predictable nothing nothing surprised me about it and it's like you can't win with people without argument because it's either no, it's not like the book at all or it's just like the book it was boring yeah you're the type of person that's never happy with the movie so i'm not going to talk to you at
0: all? <laughs> no one's, nobody's looking at you. No nobody's.
1: <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what you had to say. I can't fucking see you. Your opinion means nothing. you haven't even gone to the critics. <laughs> I'm already mad. <laughs> Did you have any other thoughts that you wanted to bring up? Nothing. Nothing that doesn't make me angry. <laughs> nothing that I can't share with the critics. Yeah. But to end my opinion. This has to be one of the very rare, few, perfect movies. Yeah. I, I don't care what time of year, if someone goes, I want to watch Coraline, uh, put it on. Just put on some uh, movie lights. I got purple lights out there. You me turning my phone off. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's sit here and watch it, yeah. Put, make, somebody make pizza rolls. We're watching Coraline. Someone make pizza rolls? Uh, uh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> someone put <on>, up. <laughs> make a mango smoothie, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah mango milkshake thank you oh i'm sorry (laughs) whoa whoa don't don't step into this arena with me if you're not ready (laughs) Uh, but i i'll I'll, um i'll go into mine this movie's come up a lot over the episodes we've done because this is my citizen kane (laughs) we already know your rating yeah i don't even have to say it you know like this is This is number one in my book. Yeah. But I I felt that I should probably say why it means so much to me. I'm not going to go into too much detail because that's not everybody's business. Um, (laughs) But, it, you know, like for a lot of people, like I think that Coraline as a character meant a lot to them. She just is not like a perfect character, you know, like she's not unrealistic she's brave but she still gets scared she's also like sassy and says whatever she's thinking kind of character and i love that she's kind of mean <laughs> she's kind of mean and she's i love her mean. for that i love her for that i'm <laughs> i'm the youngest of five i'm i get it i gotta be mean <laughs> I get, you gotta be mean to survive in there you know um you get eaten alive if you're a little mean <laughs> And when it came out, for me, at least I was like around Coraline's age. So it was like, that's me on the screen up there. I see yeah. it. But I remember my mom took me to go see it at the Irving Mall, um, which this was post-recession Irving Mall. It was mm-hmm. already not doing great before that. <laughs> we were the, it had just come out, mind you. We were the only two people in the theater. Oh, dang. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know. She just was like, she just felt like take me to the movies, and so it just made her went and saw it, and I fell in love with it. But then I also. Was so terrified I slept in her room for a week because it scared the shit out of me, but I loved it. <laughs> and then I remember she, uh, we had like a family friend who brought it over on DVD and um, never got that DVD back. <laughs> <laughs> I like, so we, well, we watched it with them and with like I showed it to Serena and I was like, please like it, please like <laughs> it. And she became just as obsessed with the movie as me. And I think I told you before, we spent like a day watching it, like, five times in a row or something. Yeah, were you telling me that, yeah. Yeah, because we are like, just trying to notice everything and, like, <laughs> pick up on stuff and whatever. Yeah, I think it just was, like, the perfect time in my life and also just, like, is a good movie. Mm-hmm. And having, like, this brave, yet yeah, braver than me, but, like, realistic <laughs> character. And also, like, as I've gotten older, I kind of started to understand, like, her parents' side of everything, too. You know, you realize, like, she's a kid who doesn't... who isn't old enough to understand that, like, her parents aren't trying to ignore her out of, like, ill will. It's just because they need to work so she can eat and have a roof over her head and they they make it up to her in the end like they they spend they spend time with her they take her out to dinner they tuck her in that night her mom buys her the mittens yeah her mom bought her the mittens and they have a garden party the next day it was just they just moved like tired (laughs) they're tired (laughs) They're, they're fucking tired they're they're human i feel like exactly and parents aren't perfect yeah It'll probably pop up in the audience reviews when people were like, fuck her parents. They neglected her. And I was like, no, <laughs> let's not throw that word around. Like, take it easy. OK, let's let's calm down. Let's separate Coraline's parents from our own. OK, let's <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> bring our issues into the movie. Yeah, don't. No, <laughs> don't don't project on this movie. OK, let me see. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it, yeah, like it, it. I think it also shows the flip side of like how dangerous it can be when a when someone's doing too much to try and give you everything you want, and how that can like people can abuse that, and like that could be very dangerous. Even if like it is your parent, like they could use that against you. Mm-hmm. The other mother was only doing nice things for her to get something she wanted from her, and then the minute she didn't comply, she flipped everything and was scary. So I think it says a lot in that way too. This movie didn't used to make me cry, but like as an adult watching it, you pick up on more things that like are going on in the the adult aspect of the movie too. But also Coraline as a character, I'm just like you're just a baby, just a baby. You're just a baby. <laughs> like when she wakes up in uh, after they try to sew the buttons, mm-hmm. and she wakes up in her in the, the she's still in the other world, mm-hmm. and she's like I'm home, and then like realizes she isn't home. Tears, tears, fucking tears. And then when she makes the the, the yeah. fucking pillow heads with her parents, that's so heartbreaking. It reminds you she's just a
1: kid, you know? She's just a scared little kid.
0: Yeah. She's like 10. Like she yeah. Can- <laughs> she acts all tough. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, you know, that makes her more realistic. And I think that makes her like more relatable of a character too.
1: Well, it's also too, like, she's still this very brave, smart curious curious cunning you know because she outsmarts the the other mother but Mm -hmm. not without a good cry you know you need a little good cry every now and then
0: and help and help she's not all alone yeah she'll ignore when people are trying to warn her against things because she's a kid and she's like nah you're 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 no fun you're no fun (laughs) yeah i don't know she's just relatable i think she's just she's a good main character oh yeah Like, some people called her, like, annoying, which, like, I get. But, like, if she was trying to sass you, you'd cry. I can tell. (laughs) It's, like, um, annoying
1: in the way of, like, I mean, she's a kid. Kids are annoying. Kids are annoying. (laughs) In their own ways. Like, you know, where she's, like, making the door squeak in her dad's office or making her mom find the key to the door. Turning like, the know?
0: electricity off and deleting her dad's she's an whole anno- essay. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. <laughs> Cur- uh, too curious for her own good, you know. She's annoying in that aspect, but she's still a great character, and she's and I would. And she's not annoying the whole film. No, like any human being can be annoying.
0: Yeah, and I think it, it's helpful that she has like faults. If yes, would, she would be annoying if she didn't have any faults. The opening of this movie is twilight coded for real with the <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like the misty, foggy, rainy mountains. Like it's it is. It, it makes you think of Twilight. Bobinski's well, listening to the Twilight soundtrack up there doing his exercises on the roof. You know. <laughs> okay, that's me though. <laughs> 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 Um And then, okay, every time I watch this movie in front of Noah, he says that you and me are going to be spank enforceable when we get older. <laughs> yep. yep. You want to take a guess which one is which? I'm
1: the short one.
0: No, you're the short
1: one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm the tall one. And you're the
0: one who's blind as a bat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see a giraffe. Oh, I see a giraffe. I love it. That is fantastic, actually. And then uh, something that I realized in high school, because we had to read Hamlet senior year mm-hmm. um, with Spinkin' for the other Spinkin' Bowl in their um, performance, they read a monologue from, they're reciting a monologue from Hamlet, the What a Piece of Work is Man. In context of Hamlet, he's talking about how the beauty and the wonder of the world is all an illusion and it's hollow. Mm-hmm. All of that's hollow. So that's... It's pretty big foreshadowing because right after that scene she learns that it's all been fake and she walks out into the forest and sees it unravel and come back like i, I think that's pretty fucking clever to put that specific thing from hamlet in there absolutely
1: that's crazy <laughs> no but I, good, good that. <laughs> but I never even noticed that good
0: commentary good commentary
1: but i never even noticed that because um i don't i remember reading hamlet i don't remember every monologue but i didn't know that that's really crazy um that I why do I keep saying that? It's very interesting.
0: It <laughs> was extremely enlightening to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I remember reading Hamlet in class and getting to that monologue and being like, "Holy shit, that's from Coraline.
1: <laughs> that's fun, it's so funny because I I don't. I just don't remember it like that, but, like, it's really cool. That's really cool. I
0: think it's less that I know things about Hamlet and more so that I had seen this movie a hundred times at that point. And you recognize Coraline within Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Yep. Sure did. I was like, wow, well, I think I'll finish reading this. Maybe <laughs>
1: hey, there'll be more <laughs> Coraline stuff in here.
0: Nope, just the one monologue. Just the one
1: little monologue, yep.
0: <laughs> Let me see. Okay, so this is where it starts going to the things I noticed. The Beldam's wallpaper whenever she's like making the the coraline doll mhm it's a bird holding another bird and it's like feeding something into the other bird's mouth but it's also like holding it like it just caught it like prey
1: like in f- force feeding it yeah yep cuz <laughs> i was looking at the wallpaper too and i couldn't make it out but that yeah. i yeah i saw it was a bird doing something yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah I, at first, I thought it was a bird riding on another bird, but it was just its, <laughs> its cool. mouth open. Sick. I thought it was, like, three birds. I was like, oh, what the fuck's going on up there? Uh, <laughs> but, no, I, like, I paused it and, like, looked at it, and, I, you know, I think it's, you know... It's, oh, yeah, it's
1: it's describing exactly the relationship between the, the other, other mother, mother, and Coraline. You know, like, she, she's she got her, and she's, like, force-fitting All this great stuff, so you'll stay... You'll stay, but like, there's gonna be a point where, like, you're still prey. You're still prey. But it's like, there's a point where, like, you're gonna stay regardless if you want to or not, you know? Yeah. Cause I got you. I got you. Yep.
0: And then the next thing I noticed is that on in her pin cushion is all the faces of Miss Spink, Forcible, YB. Like, there's little figures of them (sighs) on her pin cushion that she's using to pin into the jacket before she sews it up. Wow. I I didn't even notice that. That's crazy. It's, like, half a second of, like, the corner, and you see, I saw Pink Hair, I saw YB, mm. and I saw Miss Forcible, I was like, holy shit, they're, like, on her, they're her pincushion, they're her fucking pincushion.
1: Wow.
0: And then, there's graffiti on the moving truck that says, stop, stop mo' rules. <laughs> realistic very realistic realistic. you know everybody who's doing graffiti is like you know what stop motion fucking rules (laughs) you know what it
1: and it does it does so i get it yeah yeah such little tiny details
0: yeah and then i had i was going through and seeing like what was correct in the russian like technically correct maybe not like conversationally correct in in russian but uh just means like goodbye or farewell it like technically means like see you see you later Mm -hmm. novisir does mean new cheese and then the other bobinski at the end when she's trying to get the eye from him he calls her galabushka which means pet Mm. and at first it popped up it said dove and then i saw that it could also mean pet i think that's what they were going for yeah and then technically it's supposed to be mishkas not Mushkas, for mice yeah but Mushkas just comes off the tongue (laughs) yeah i feel like ian mcshane got in there and he said nah <laughs>
1: mooshkas <laughs> Mushkas.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny i love that <laughs> yeah but that's all the notes and stuff i had for things i noticed mm-hmm. i did want to bring up we were uh we had to have been like sophomores or juniors in high school we were watching this one channel i cannot for the life of me remember this youtube channel's name but he was doing like oh Oh, I
1: found this to show Austin for I know exactly what you're <laughs> leading up to. I know exactly what you're <laughs> leading up to. We we watched this in my kitchen. <laughs> Right, we did. In my parents' we kitchen. We had a deposit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was so long, too. <laughs> it was a Coraline, like, conspiracy theory video. And what was... He was saying, like, w- the cat was actually YB's grandfather Yeah, or he was saying, like, oh, the possibility of, like, it's... He's his great-grandfather or something yeah, like Yeah, yeah. Something like that, like, watching
1: over him or something, you know? So... You know we're watching this video and we're talking about the end where YB walks into the garden with his grandmother. does he what does he say exactly? He goes, and the guy goes, and this is where I realize <laughs> I don't want to say
0: is black.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he says it so like
0: she just realized it's like the he end. Just realized end it.
1: He says it stro- so serious and like so yeah like straight-faced you know
0: like yeah it, it
1: was ridiculous
0: and i think his evidence of that being the great-grandfather was because the voice actor for the cat which is, is its own thing it was, <laughs> i was like that doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything it, it was so ridiculous to watch it, it was it was like it was it it wasn't as bad as like room 237 but like oh that was so
1: stupid boom
0: (laughs) a a boner (laughs) Boner. and i oh i yelled turn
1: it off i'm done i got so pissed off with that one yeah because at first it was really good it was like okay yeah i'd see that like i get it and it just kept losing me and losing me i was like no not really like that's not that's kind of dumb that kind of seems far-fetched Boom! Boner. Turn it off. We're grasping (laughs) at straw. Yeah, we're kind of just making shit
0: up. I was like, okay, genocide. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I totally
1: understood that. It was relating back to even World War II and like, like, more uh, genocide. Yeah, more genocide. I was like, okay, yeah, I see the themes there. They were pointing out evidence. I was like, okay, sure. Boner. And they just got like, and then it just got dumber and it had two great strong points and then just someone would just say something less intelligent until it just got dumb and dumber and dumber and they were like yeah boom boner
0: you know i'm sure it came back around and they make more points but like <laughs> i was i was so fed up at that point and it wasn't even like it's not even like the youtube video the youtube video is like somebody just decide, made a youtube video yeah, yeah. A youtube channel they got people to fund them no, yeah, no, that was like and it was like a popular it's
1: a documentary. It was a popular documentary. Like people were talking about this documentary. That's why we put it on. It was
0: so stupid. You lost me. You lost me a boner. I said turn it off. I said turn it off. Go ahead and watch it for yourself. Yeah. But see how far you get into it see how far uh, you get
1: into it yeah I, I don't know maybe i'll rewatch it maybe i'm gonna maybe i would realize those points maybe i'm trashing it for no reason
0: i'm gonna stick with it i'm not watching that again the boner scene is ridiculous though that's dumb <laughs> that's dumb. It's eno- it was enough for us to go- both go turn it off turn yeah it off. turn it off, it off. we're it done off. <laughs> we're just saying things now Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but back to Coraline, yeah we like uh, i don't remember any other points that he made in that video other than he was like and that's when i realized wifey is black "Black, that's that's when we lost our minds we were like what what are you talking about what are you talking about and it's like one of those things where like
1: you realize what you're watching on youtube is like you know like you get you you get sucked into youtube videos you're yeah. like what am i it, it takes you out you know you're like what yeah. am i watching like oh he
0: could just say anything he, he could just, just say, say anything. anything it's youtube you could just say anything yeah and get away with it too yeah but he had like three whole videos online that were like 40 cons- minutes
1: long too it was yeah. like crazy
0: yeah and at that time that was a long a long video mm-hmm. <laughs> but i did i don't have much else to say at the moment I don't, if I start anything now, I'm just going to go on a tangent about it. So I'll let those points come up a little more organically. Nice. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before we move on? I'm good. Okay. So it has a 90% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. So it was hard to find a lot of <laughs> yeah. negative critiques, but I did find them. Mm. Uh, but it has a 74% from audience. And I think that's partially because of parents being like, this movie is too scary for children. And it is. Yeah. I can't sit here, and pretend like I didn't sleep in my mom's room for a whole <laughs> week after watching it. But that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy myself.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: The first critic review that I have is from the independent critic Richard Propes, who gave it an A- and starts with, quote, There's only one word I can think of to describe Henry Selick's core line. Magical. End quote. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he says, quote, Selleck has never really gotten the attention he deserves as a filmmaker, having created such masterful animated films as The Nightmare Before Christmas and James and the Giant Peach. Truth be told, even I have proven guilty of considering The Nightmare Before Christmas a Tim Burton film, when in fact, Burton only produced the film. There are those who may very well fault the film for its Cohen-esque script. And now he's talking about Coraline. Sorry. Mm. This was from a... a Joined two paragraphs together. Mm. Um, but there are those who may very well fault the film for its Cohen esque script, a storyline that doesn't always connect one to the characters themselves. Indeed, it is much easier to connect to the world that Selig has created rather than Courtline, her family, or the various eccentrics that surround them. Yet, Much like a Coen Brothers film, or, for that matter, a Tim Burton film, Zellick realizes that if we bond too strongly with any individual character, then the story itself begins to dissolve. We cannot become fully absorbed into the world created if we are allowed to focus our energies, our thoughts, our emotions on any one aspect of the world." Instead, we must allow ourselves to be wholly integrated into both fantasy and reality in their entirety. Only then can we fully appreciate the story as it unfolds, end quote. Which I think is true. As much as I talked about line being relatable like yes mm-hmm. but they, that is very true you don't get too attached to one aspect of it you're just absorbing it as you go
1: which is the best because you're getting the whole picture the whole view
0: yeah kind of I don't they don't hide any they don't hide anything from you because they want you to see and pick up on everything that's around it too absolutely I love that he, he
1: admitted that um he thought Tim Burton like created
0: um, nightmare before christmas yeah
1: exactly i it's one of those things where like we need to start correcting people like people need to be corrected like no especially with this movie i've always corrected people mm-hmm. I was like tim bern is not part of this mm-hmm. don't
0: mention his name he is not Coraline.
1: line exactly it's like mm, we we need to start bullying people <laughs> yeah
0: it. Mm-hmm. and uh the creator who did the the mortis the the embalming tools mm-hmm. video she does that anytime anybody's like brings up Tim Burton, well, in her comments, she's like, it, No, <laughs> this is not his movie. It no. is not his movie. That man gets credit for everything.
1: It's like, No, stop. And she even was like, And guess what? He didn't make these either. This yeah. guy did. Henry Selig. Mm-hmm. That's the true Tim Burton. That's like the, uh, you know, that's the unsung hero.
0: He is. Yeah. He really is. But next, Richard says, Quote, in other words, Coraline is imaginative, daring, and intelligent filmmaking devoid of Hollywood manipulations and greeting card sentiments. The entire vocal cast is outstanding, most notably Dakota Fanning's dizzying portrayal of the young girl. Along with Hatcher and Hodgman, Ian McShane is marvelous as the proprietor of a mouse circus who shares the big old house. Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders also do nicely as retired vaudevillians who also share the home, while Keith David excels as an extraordinarily wise cat end quote
1: oh yeah everyone's just amazing i don't know if this is the full credit but you know how this movie is just like is such a rarity and how great it is and like atmospheric and just the vibe because it really is like different you know like it really is there is a lacking of the hollywood manipulation Mm -hmm. and you know like the the sentiments of like
0: yeah i i agree fully there's a handful of tv shows that i feel this exact same way about because they are just so unique and rare Mm -hmm. it's like i have been chasing from the minute i watched this one thing to find something else that gives me that same feeling and i mean there are things that have come close but like nothing has made me feel the way this movie makes me feel and there's nothing that i've enjoyed the way that i enjoy this movie because it is such its own thing right for a while, I had Corpse Bride and that was my like, this is my thing that I feel like this. And then I watched Coraline and I was like, oh, fuck Corpse Bride. Throw it away. Throw it in the trash. We have Coraline now. We have
1: Coraline.
0: <laughs> I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing away my DVD of Corpse Bride. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But lastly, Richard says, quote, Bruno Coulee's... Elfman-esque score is a perfect complement to the film's action and even They Might Be Giants contributes to the film's soundtrack. While you will undoubtedly appreciate Coraline in 2D, it was created in and is most appropriately viewed in its intended 3D. It is unusual to find a gem such as Coraline in the cinematic wasteland of Hollywood's winter releases. With images and words both sublime and surreal, Coraline is easily the highlight of early 2009 and will haunt your memory long after you've left the theater." yes it will Mm -hmm. yes it will you're damn right it will that was fantastic not one negative
1: yeah not one critique either so why give it an a minus give it give it an a plus why, because it's a kids movie? Yeah, like, that's the thing. I hate when... You, Show your work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like when you work at a place and you're looking at the reviews of the place and you get a four-star review of this place and the person's like, this was a, such a great place. Best experience. Best experience. I'm like, then why isn't it five
0: stars? Why only four stars? What, do we need to wipe your ass?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, it... I used to work at a place where we would contact people. My boss would make us contact people. Who gave us four stars and go why isn't this my source?
0: what can we do to get you
1: to a five yeah exactly they would make <laughs> us contact it so i hated people Ugh. who gave us four stars for for no reason and it should have been five
0: i would dock it down to a three
1: if somebody did that to me <laughs> exactly uh, yeah it's just ridiculous anyway
0: there was, well there was one time i like gave an etsy seller like four stars and she messaged me and was like what's up what's you didn't <laughs> i was like i just changed it to a five and i was like anything leave me alone, me alone. <laughs> how'd you get in here um I will say the only time I've I think I've only watched Coraline in 3d twice uh, it, it, it didn't change it't it, it change it much yeah. for me I it's it's just stuff coming at you 3d is I feel like is such a
1: you know it's gonna be a a a, 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 a what do you call it it's like laser discs yeah like a thing of the past like i really don't no one really is going like it's a 3d movie like this is the thing like Mm -hmm. it was kind of a a thing back then it's not at all now yeah
0: it's it's a it's a novelty thing
1: yeah novelty thing it's definitely dated yeah something's a 3d you're like oh god
0: Yeah, and I think, like, at a certain point, every single kid's movie was also offered in 3D. Yes. It was like when we watched, um,
1: oh, shoot, what's it called? Jungle Book? No, not Jungle Book. Um, we did it for the podcast. Oh, Journey to the Center of, <laughs> Earth. The Center of Earth. That movie was made specifically, like, shots were made in for preparation the 3D. for 3D. So when you're not watching a 3D, you're like, that's so
0: fucking weird. What are you throwing stuff at the camera for? And it, it's so dated, and it looks so off like it's so weird (laughs) it's it's amazing that this movie manages to be as enjoyable in either yes and it's in no way like tied to 3d exactly
1: exactly thank god
0: (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah Okay, well, th- this is our first negative one, if you're ready for no. it. <laughs> we have read reviews from her before, I'm pretty sure. This is from Fantasy and Science Fiction Magazine. This is by Kathy Mao from 2009, who says, quote, one movie that strikes a nice balance between, well, it's not fully negative. She just has one main critique about it. Mm. I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but she says, quote, one movie that strikes a nice balance between schlock and the over serious is a cinematic fable that also involves buttons. Oh, this was like a combined review with uh, Benjamin Button, by the way. <laughs> Did that come out <laughs> at the same time? I guess so. Weird. Okay. Yeah. So the, it was, she was, yeah, there might be some points where you're like, is she referencing something else? <laughs> if, what am I missing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about buttons? <laughs> <laughs> quote, this stop." Action animated story, line. Outside of moving the locale of the story from England to an equally damp Oregon, Selig is relatively faithful to Gaiman's tale of the young titular tween and her frightening and somewhat macabre adventures on the other side of a small bricked-over doorway and her new yet very old apartment house, end quote. So yeah, the story originally takes place in England because Neil, Neil Gaiman is from the UK. Mm. Then Kathy says, quote... Selick's animation is exquisite and quite frightening at times. Too harrowing for small tykes, in fact. The kind of story Gaiman and Selick present is neither cheery nor cutesy. About that boy, he is not in the original book and is completely Mm -hmm. unnecessary to the story. (laughs) It it doesn't help that he looks like a slightly deranged Cabbage Patch doll. But my complaint goes beyond... (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> young, beyond young YB's looks. I can almost hear the executives at Leica and Focus Features or whoever else it was that gave Henry Selleck bad advice tell the filmmaker that he needed to put a heroic boy in the story. The mythology of Hollywood is that men won't go to see a chick flick and that little boys and their parents won't go to see a movie about a girl. I don't believe that for a minute, but the erroneous assumption needs to be tested by filmmakers brave enough to let a story with a female protagonist stay true to itself. End quote.
1: I can you know I can see the point yeah but shut up <laughs> I do get her point and that's not something I thought of necessarily yeah only because I thought Wybie was done well mm-hmm. and like he's just this, this, you know he's like a sidekick a little sidekick. He kind of pesters her through like most of the movie. Yeah. He does help her out a lot, but like so do other characters because like you can't do anything alone in this world. Mm-hmm. I do get the point a little bit though of like, oh, well, there has to be a boy that comes saves her, which he kind of does. Yeah. I can I can understand the point. Uh, a little bit of a grievance there. Yeah. It would have been cool if Ivy
0: was a girl. That's what I was just thinking.
1: That would have been cool. Mm hmm but i still don't think nothing about YB takes away the from the movie for me no, he, this is a new perspective not- yeah yeah,
0: go, go ahead.
1: He, he he's this is a new perspective for me to think about, but it's in no way going to change my opinion about this movie.
0: No, exactly. Mm-hmm. And also he's not like heavily involved in any of the brave things she does. Yeah. Yes, there the there are two times where mm-hmm. YB's character, one of them's the other YB, but mm-hmm. saves Coraline in mm-hmm. a situation. I understand what they're saying. Yeah. But it's just a you know, we don't have to <laughs> you liberals and making it about gender. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> why did the mermaid boy need to be gay
1: <laughs> oh my god it, i get the point but i'm not i'm i'm just not bothered by it i'm i'm not i'm not thinking that hard about this movie i still think this new i think it's still a great movie about a, a girl doing her own thing going on her own adventure and saving herself yeah at times and her parents she does save her parents all by herself and again the help from friends along the way yeah so
0: you know it, it it's what you want to take away from it i guess i mean in boys get help from their friends in yeah. movies yeah. Sam in The Lord of the Rings, he does half the work. He does oh, more fuck. than half the work. He is the hero of that movie. Don't get me started.
1: Don't get me started on Sam. <laughs> Noah did not like that. He was like, no, Frodo's the hero. No, like, this, no. He needed Sam's Sam. Sam's the hero. Don't get me started. <laughs> he needed s- them. <laughs> don't get me started. Frodo would have died like the first 10 minutes on the trail. <laughs> the second they leave... And I'm butchering this, but like <laughs> when they leave the elf city, Mm-hmm. Rivendell. Without Sam at that point, like Frodo would have not made
0: it very far. Oh, he's about to give up. Yeah, he was. It's ridiculous. It really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think more people need to talk about Mm hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Noah did enjoy that TikTok of Brittany Broski being like, go to your room. You need to go to your room. I do you hear about that? I enjoy Diet Coke after work. Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no... Next, she says, quote, There are other ways in which Mr. Selleck soft peddled a few of the more gruesome touches of Mr. Gaiman's Marvelous Story, no doubt to retain his PG rating and quell the concerns of overprotective parents. But all in all, Selleck not only honors his source material, but furthers his own artistry to new heights. In a limited number of theaters, Coraline was shown in real D3D version that added to the fun, but even in good old-fashioned 2D, this is a movie to cherish. The organic, hand-hewn nature of stop-motion animation is magic. And Mr. Selleck and his small army of animators have turned bits of metal, silicone, and fabric into one of the bravest and most believable female heroes of recent memory. End quote. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing she says... She says, quote, although often fearful, Coraline rebels, explores, resists, and triumphs. She may not take home any Oscars, but I hope that generations of children of all ages will take her to heart, end quote.
1: Oh, I love that. Right? I hope so, too. And I think, I think she will.
0: Yeah, for sure. Do you remember Arabella? Yeah, I remember we showed her the movie. And she, like, well, I think she'd already seen it. Because, like, her mom loves it, too. And she was... She was unfazed. (laughs) She was, like, four and quoting along to Coraline. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it already has. Mm -hmm. It already has gone on for generations. And it's... It lives in my heart forever. So, same. And then we have this review that is negative. Yeah, 35 out of 100. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So, this is from Movie Martyr and a man by Jeremy Heilman. Mm. He gave it a 35 out of 100. What does this idiot have to say? So, Jeremy say, so <laughs> 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 gotta be good faith. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe make some um, good
1: points. I doubt it. Okay, yeah, we'll see. <laughs>
0: um, so Jeremy says, quote, Coraline's mix of computer-generated and stop-motion animation is inelegant at best, and more likely an insult to the proven versatility of this particular brand of handcrafted art. Director Henry Selick's team has created several fully realized features in the past, but this is the first one where a mixture of mediums makes his signature stop-motion style seem outmoded. At first, the jittery stutters of his handiwork might seem charming when compared to with the smoothness of the CG elements, but soon the disparity between the two models becomes distracting. The juxtaposition of seamless and rough movements reduces the very illusion of stop motion that animation is intended to create in the first place. Perhaps the marketplace or the budget of the film demands this mixture, but there's no doubt that the combination proves artistically deadly. End quote. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Jeremy, what stop
1: motion movie did you make that was wildly successful? and beautiful and did all the things that was opposite what you're saying that Coraline did. What's the name of that movie? <laughs> is there not a movie <laughs> that you made that does any of this? They barely use digital, so go fuck yourself. What? Just, this, this is just stupid shit. This is just, oh, it, do, it doesn't look the way I want it to look. I, I, and also, this is such a, like, a your opinion thing. Like, I think this movie looks amazing. So therefore, that first whole paragraph, absolutely, just stupid.
0: <laughs> And you're, you're, you're playing around in girls games over here. You're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to get hurt, sir. And that's not a threat. I'm joking <laughs> when I say that. I'm not trying to sound threatening, but like you're, you're, you're goofing around over here in girl world in girl and it's not world. for you. <laughs> It's not for you. Also, like, sure. Like, some, it looks a little jittery because it's fucking stop motion. But I don't, I honestly, I don't know what he's... It's just, like, the clothes look a little sometimes, but, like... No, but I think that's part of it. Exactly. To me,
1: that's part of it because when you're... And I'm not comparing these two movies necessarily, but, like, um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, like, a lot of times during the movie, you see, like, their fur ruffle, like, when yeah. they're talking or, like, their clothes shif- shuffling. Yeah, it's stop motion. Stop motion it's stop motion it's not perfect but it's also like it's just part of it that's part of the charm it gives it life in my opinion i think it gives it 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 just it's just part of it and i love it yeah and i'm gonna say it like you know comparing fantastic mr fox where it's i see those very obviously compared to Coraline. i couldn't tell you a part in Coraline where it to me where it's jumpy or yeah or where shuffles it's weird. Yeah. yeah I can't really I cannot place a scene I can't place a scene in my head where I'm like oh I, I kind of notice oh, that little weird thing there I really can't you really got to be looking for it
0: yeah I yeah I've seen it enough times to where I know I noticed that mm-hmm. like I never noticed it as a kid so it doesn't matter but like when I notice it, it just reminds me of how much work went into this movie. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of how much of a labor of love this movie is. It doesn't make me think, oh, they didn't try hard enough. Uh, point off, one point
1: off or five points yeah. off It's also to me. Oh, shit. I forgot what I was going to say. Hold on.
0: <laughs> um, shit. I, I don't know. I'll keep reading. <laughs> um. So next, he says, quote, Even worse, the quality of the animation is hardly the only problem plaguing the sloppily constructed Coraline. A poor man's Alice in Wonderland, the movie features a young girl who moves into a new home only to discover a fantasy world that is more nefarious than it first appears. Animated features with preteen girls as protagonists seem to be rare these days, which makes it all the more disappointing when Coraline begins to resolve its plot in a messy, masculine manner. Although Coraline herself is not presented as an exceptionally brave, character she's really quite unlikable it still seems ridiculous that any heroics in the final act of the movie should hinge on whether or not she can grab her hedge clippers fast enough or whether she can outrun a detached claw end quote i'ma take a minute just to say, how many fucking times has there been a moment at like the last fight of a movie where it literally hinges on being able to grab your weapon?
1: Mm-hmm. In any like action movie where any man has to grab his gun or his sword or whatever to defeat whatever he's fighting. No fucking kidding. And also just to call this character not bright, I think it's just so insulting because that's not true. She's smarter than you. Or are you jealous? It's so not true. This character is bright. I'm not going to sit here and list examples. Go Watch the fucking movie. This character is not dumb. This character. You're dumb. Yeah, no kidding. And also, what did, what did they mean by the plot in, in a messy masculine manner? What are they talking about? I'm ai th- Masculine manner. Why do they say that?
0: I think it's because YB saves her from getting pulled in from the hand at the end. Well, that's a point to me. But she also saves
1: him. Yeah, no, that's the thing, because he's about to fall down the whale, too. Well, too. So she pulls Mm -hmm. him up. They save each other. Yeah. The masculine manner thing threw me off. And I can see how it would be that, but, like, they don't. They don't talk about that whatsoever.
0: Also, it's kind of, it's 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 the fucking fact that this movie means so much to girls who watched it when they were about Coraline's age. What are you talking about? It's not disappointing to anybody that matters. It's just disappointing to you.
1: Yeah, it's just irritating and just weird. Mm-hmm.
0: But the last thing that Jeremy says <laughs> is, quote, this narrative and elegance and indifference to character is typical of Coraline's script, though. Despite a small cast, there's barely any explanation of the villain given. Coraline herself doesn't overcome obstacles so much as have solutions to her problems explicitly relayed to her. The series of magical doodads and supporting cast members become the real heroes, making the petulant titular character less of a role model than a blank slate. More exasperating is the realization that for a film so thematically insubstantial, Coraline is exceptionally (laughs) long-winded. The resolution of the plot grows padded out beyond belief as one arbitrary quest is replaced with another. Eventually, the tiresome action sputters out, but the conclusion brings no great catharsis, only the realization that for all of its attempted transgressive wonderment and morbid curiosity, Coraline remains firmly grounded in convention, end quote. I don't know what the fuck movie you watched.
1: I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand because a lot... Because ju- they were just using a bunch of long words, too, just to describe, like, I didn't
0: like this movie. I didn't think it was as good as everyone said it was. Star Wars keeps popping into my brain. <laughs> yeah. Because how all of this shit happens in Star Wars. Other people help Luke so much in the Star Wars movies. Yes, absolutely. And, like,
1: when they said, um, there's not a lot of explanation of the villain given doesn't that not make the villain more scary and lets our imaginations run wild
0: with yeah. what this villain possibly is or does or we know she t- she kills children that's a scary enough that like i don't need to know why we don't need to psychoanalyze her i don't need a background story i don't need her you know i don't need her
1: backstory i you don't need that
0: she's literally like inhumanly evil hmm she cannot be humanized as a character yeah that's the and we're not looking for
1: her side she eats children she's going to murder Coraline. we don't don't need redemption we don't even i don't need to know where she came from or why she does this
0: the perceived villain throughout the movie to the main character is Mm -hmm. her parents Mm -hmm. and they get their they get their redemption yeah they do get humanized Mm -hmm. absolutely that's the perceived villain for most of the movie Mm -hmm. and then she learns the truth of everything you know what are you talking about it's that thing you always say it's like how do you watch movies
1: mm-hmm. this movie can make complete sense to me what part of your brain where this movie didn't make sense to you yeah what's wrong with you <laughs>
0: Both of you to call this movie long-winded I was running out of breath reading that so yeah oh you called this movie padded out your whole review is padded out with stupid no big kidding. words that say nothing
1: no kidding this last paragraph was a bunch of nothing yeah that was the the beginning part was the only thing I really caught on to everything else is just like it's not substantial enough like shut up it's
0: too long and it doesn't like the ending do you even like movies yeah do you even like movies like the it, it annoys me when people bring in things like oh well there aren't a lot of like female protagonist movies like this and it's just bring that up as a point to say why this movie sucked to them even more Mm -hmm. because like oh well they didn't like first of all you are not the person who gets to speak on whether or not Coraline was an effective female protagonist right don't bring it up to pretend like you give a shit you don't yeah you're just masking the fact that you're probably a little bit misogynistic and just assumed that this movie was bad and didn't give it a fucking chance yeah because you didn't pay attention enough to understand what anything about this movie was doing
1: you can't have fun
0: you walked in and you said oh girl main character (laughs) (laughs) tomato tomato But also I, I love Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And sure, this movie like kind of gives me yeah, like- Yeah, she's going down the tunnel. Like, yeah, it's it's
1: a, it's a homage. It's a homage to it. It's not a poor man's Alice in
0: Wonderland. It's not. Yeah. To compare it is, that's dumb. I could see how you could relate the two. They're in a similar vein. Sure. But no, now you're just being rude.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're just, yeah, this the whole review was dumb.
0: Yeah, but it, again, not a lot of them. Not a lot of negative reviews, so. Not a lot of them. You tore that guy apart. <laughs> we did, sorry. This was, yeah. Hey, you know. he wrote it. Hey, that's what he gets for trying to speak for women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was the last critic review I had. So we can move on to the audience reviews if you're ready. Yep. Okay, five stars. 2020, letterboxed. Is this what it's like to be an only child? <laughs> oh, is it? I wonder if it is. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> And then uh, next I have a ten out of ten from IMDB titled A Masterpiece from two thousand ten. <laughs> Rectangular business man is their username.
1: This is such a um early internet that's such an early internet name.
0: Yeah. You just picked two words and said, Yeah, that's yeah, you funny. Two
1: random words, yeah.
0: I think it's a Roblox blocks, Roblox
1: um hit. Ro- Roblox. Yeah. Cut that. <laughs> what
0: are those, <laughs> one of those robot blocks y'all were always playing with? What's that Minecraft? <laughs> those <laughs> those Mi- Minecrafts? Those animals crossing? The animals uh. crossing. <laughs> Um, but um this person says Coraline is simply one of the best animated films ever made. The plot is brilliantly developed, the animation is detailed and beautiful to look at. The characters are fascinating and interesting and the world created by Neil Gaiman and Henry Selick, it's simply captivating, but mysterious and dangerous as well. Clearly influenced by Alice in Wonderland, Coraline is charming and macabre at the same time. At first, the other world seems like a dream come true, but there's also a constant sense of danger in the air. Dakota Fanning makes a great work as as the main character and Terry Hatcher is flawless in her role of the mother and the other mother as well of Coraline. Not to mention the excellent performance of Keith David as the cat. Coraline is one of the best movies of the recent years, and it is the best movie of Henry Selick as director since The Nightmare Before Christmas. Absolutely, and I love how
1: they use like this was influenced by Alice in Wonderland, but in a positive way. Because mm-hmm. not saying it's a poor man's Alice in Wonderland. That's the thing. Like it's exactly like yeah there's there's a similarity to it but it's a completely different story Mm -hmm. that has its own take so it's yeah
0: i mean it it just it yeah the connection between the two just makes it make more sense why Mm -hmm. i was so drawn to it personally yeah this is a four and a half star review from letterboxd from 2020 when i turned 12 coraline had just released and we had a screening party of it pretty sure we weren't paying attention while watching it in the red blue 3d version but over the years it has grown to be such a comforting tangible world to get lost in what a genuinely powerful story of recognizing the root of the flaws of your parents and how you come to terms with the sacrifices that they make for you it's so lovely i
1: feel like there's so many takes with this movie because like i feel like that's just like one aspect of this film that you can take away
0: yeah there's also like i think one of the um taglines for the movie was like be careful what you wish for or something along those lines lines too that is something i do like about the movie the like be grateful for what you have kind of message doesn't feel like too much to where i'd be like oh shut up yeah (laughs) this is a one out of 10 from imdb titled tragic adaptation from 2022 i read the book years ago and found it charming this is just awful Uh disturbed uninteresting and just plain bad Coraline on the book was clever and likable this chlorline is a whiny brat with no redeeming qualities. The animation is disappointing considering it was made by the makers of A Nightmare Before Christmas, jerky and unimpressive for so many years of work. It doesn't follow the book in any meaningful way. I regret watching this movie.
1: I regret watching this movie.
0: <laughs> Little Willie. I you been seen those TikTok videos. I, I just I just hear Brittany Broski say it all the time <laughs> literally
1: <Woo-hoo>. um <laughs> I still don't understand what they mean by jerky I really don't like I'm really trying to think of scenes in this movie where I'm like oh okay that was kind of jerky I, I really can't
0: it, it seems like it only comes up whenever they don't have anything else to say
1: yeah boring this is a, such a boring take
0: I would argue that the book is equally Bad. disturbing no no no, no 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 no, no, don't talk about Neil Gaiman like that <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just want to hurt the person that <laughs> No, no, no. I would say, I was going to say, I would argue that the book is equally as disturbing, if not a little more, because he gets a little more descriptive with things in the book than the movie so uh what are you talking about yeah. did you read the book right how do you read books <laughs> i feel like it's such a dick thing to say to add on like how many they know how long this movie took and yet they're still gonna nitpick at the like quality like shut up somebody knitted those tiny sweaters you shut exactly. up
1: exactly exactly
0: one star 2021 i watched this when i was nine and i'm still scared <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> true Five stars from 2020 on Letterboxd. I told my best friend the Holy Trinity of October animation is Coraline Corpse Bride in The Night Before Christmas. And she said, yeah, same, except for me, it's just Coraline three times. <laughs> That's me. Yup, yup, yup. Same. So, I relate to that as well. That's so fucking funny. I love that. I'll only throw in Corpse Bride if Noah's like, how many times have you watched Coraline already? Yeah, just to shake it up a little. <laughs> for. Four stars, from 2020 on Letterbox. Other oh, mother has a dumper. <laughs> so does the mom. too, I was though. waiting
1: for someone to say that. I was waiting because I was like, if there's something Letterbox and sexualized in a movie, I'm like, it's got to be that. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it.
0: Hey, the re- the the real world mom has a dumper too. Yeah, she does too. Yeah,
1: I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking.
0: I was looking. <laughs> Very Mrs. Incredible of her, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, two and a half stars from 2023. On Letterbox, I can absolutely see the appeal, but this wasn't really for me. Every frame of this stunning, the animators did a fantastic job of bringing Coraline to life. The world and the characters are all animated to perfection. It's a technical marvel. I have no issues with how Coraline looks. My problem is with the story. I feel like it's way too easily resolved, and the stakes are never very high. Because of <laughs> this, I never was too engaged with the story, and it really hindered my enjoyment of what could have been a really amazing film. She's gonna get eaten. in get the eat web like she's gonna you, die
1: you weren't coming your eyes like when she was trying to close the door and she the other mother sticks her head in and goes ah you know you weren't you i'm sorry the stakes weren't that high people just say stuff sometimes i feel like they just say stuff i'm glad they were like on a technical stand this is a beautiful movie is perfect and it's just not for me yeah come on though come on
0: yeah you don't think it's you don't think there's stakes when she goes ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Don't leave me, don't leave me. <laughs> I'll
1: die without you. Ooh, gaslighting. I'll lighting. die
0: without you.
1: Yeah, that's narcissistic
0: parent yeah, right mani- there. Yeah,
1: n- manipulation.
0: dang. Mhm. Hmm. I'll die without you. No, you won't. You'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. (laughs) It's been like, what, like 50 years since the last kid you ate? You're fine. you're good. (laughs) What were you going to do if Coraline didn't move in? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, it actually does like
1: make you wonder how much power and manipulation the other mother really does have over the real world. Because how can she predict children constantly or... Does she have any other manipulation outside in the real world?
0: Plus, the grandmother was literally like, she does not let people with children move into the house. So it's like, why is this? for some reason, Coraline still got to move in. Eh, interesting.
1: It makes you wonder, actually. Mm
0: -hmm. It actually makes you think. (laughs) Three stars, 2014, on Letterboxd. Very cute film. Creepy cute. Not conventionally cute. Yet cute nonetheless. The stop motion animation is gorgeous and even dreadful. Likewise is the visual blend of surreal, colorful fantasy world opposed to a grounded, bleak reality. It's really cool. I think a lot of kids had an alternative reality in their childhood, which they could sometimes escape to. Although there usually weren't demons present. (laughs) Courtline is a super cool protagonist. She's clever, determined, annoying, naive, (laughs) curious, and very human. She's like a hero from a children's book. Would you look at that? Uh-huh. She's like a hero from huh. the dungeon. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Who has some issues and flaws, yet manages to overcome them and defeat the evil queen slash king slash demon slash other mother in an epic takedown duel of magic and flashy colors. That shit is my jam. Mm. <laughs> Why is it only a... Th- why is it only a three then? It's the
1: thing. It's one of those annoying reviews where it's like, why is it not five stars? Why is it not five stars? What can we do to get you to a five? <laughs> we got to contact them. <laughs> Just start messaging people on Letterbox. Why is it not five stars? If this shit is your jam, as quoted, <laughs>
0: why is it not We're five stars? This- <laughs> we're the we're the people that the those imdb reviews are always like oh there's people out there like writing fake like we're campaigning to get this movie up to a full five
1: it's the only time they're right about people
0: campaigning for movies knock knock what can we do to get you to five stars but i i really appreciate that they said annoying as a positive thing yeah no kidding because like it's realistic and relatable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: everyone's annoying everyone can be
0: annoying everyone
1: has been annoying
0: yeah, and j- surprise to this reviewer, she is in fact from a children's book. I don't think they knew that. <laughs> surprise! It's based on a book. Nail in the head, though. You know, mm-hmm. they know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, you got an inkling, and it is correct. <laughs> That's so funny. They don't know it's an actual children's book character. <laughs> they don't going, know like, it's this a is book.
1: Actually, like this could be a children's book
0: character. Like, it is. It Wait till is- you learn about the book. Oh <laughs> my god, you'll love it. <laughs> This is a 3 out of 10, because there were not a lot of one stars on IMDb, I'll just say. Oh, I bet there weren't. A 3 out of 10 from IMDb from 2010, titled Overrated Boring Copycat. Mm, Let me guess, Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) You'll see. Those are the three words that come to mind. Highly overrated. Apparently, there's a large audience of gullible Tim Burton fans that will rate highly anything with Burton's style. I didn't read the book, and the film certainly didn't motivate me to read it. When it comes to film adaptations, two things will generally get me to read a book. A great story or an entertaining original film that seemed over-manipulated. Neither apply to Coraline. This year, there are two cartoons worth watching. Cloudy with the <laughs> Chance of Meatballs and Up. Hell yeah. In that order. In that order. As a bonus. Okay, oh, <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. As a bonus, both are spooky as opposed to faux horror in their own unique ways. So if you want a little horror mixed into your cartoons, they give you that too. I think you're... in I think you're confusing, like, moments of tension with horror.
1: Yeah, this
0: is someone who, um... Or danger with horror.
1: Yeah, I think this person's really confused. I think this person's confusing, not even filled terms, but they they think they're sounding real smart when they're saying this. This person's weird. This is just a Mm -hmm. weirdo. Also, Mm -hmm. putting Cloudy, and I, hey... In that order. In that order. It's a good movie. I I love love Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but I'm not going to say it's better than Up. Up is yeah. a up there movie for me. I love Up. But um bum. <laughs> you can't. But you cannot say Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a better film than Up in that order. I'm gonna say it. That's the wildest part about this whole review. <laughs> that's. I'm, I'm not even thinking about the what they said about Coraline. I'm thinking about what they said right
0: here. The, the last paragraph is like I I was I was looking for reviews and I was like oh, maybe I'll leave IMDb and I saw I was like why the fuck are they mentioning Cloudy <laughs> with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> That's fantastic. what does that that have to do with anything? (laughs) In that order. In that order. That's nuts. Both of those movies are spooky. You'd put both of those
1: movies on at Halloween. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs does not have... Sci-fi, maybe? Well, part? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is scary. The chicken scene's kind of scary, (laughs) I will say. (laughs) Yeah. They're kind of big. Yeah. And they're kind of scary, I will say. (laughs) All right, horror elements.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Body horror. Body horror.
1: Because <laughs> he puts the he, the chicken eats him and then he becomes a chicken. Okay, body horror.
0: Yeah. Okay. Top ten body horror movies of all time. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> The Thing. Number two, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. The
1: more we are talking about this, the more this person's making sense. Okay, we're can, starting to get yeah. in their brain a little bit. Okay
0: how it, okay but here's the thing i think <laughs> sure sci-fi like yeah a little the body horror chicken moment of, <laughs> of funny with the chance people but i i don't think that like something posing a threat means that it is spooky in the in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. what th- yeah there, there's a chase scene and up there's a villain and up does that mean that it's a horror movie <laughs> every movie's a horror movie then by this person's logic that's the thing like it's like okay if, if tension
1: makes you think it's it's a horror movie, then it, exactly what you said. Every movie must be a horror movie then. This is funny. This is good.
0: Yeah. I'm really glad you included this one. I, yeah, I was just, I was confused um, and offended by this review. I don't even, I don't even
1: remember what they said about Coraline. I know they said it was overrated, but it's like, I love that last, that last paragraph. Oh my God.
0: It, it was so insane, it started making sense. <laughs> I started... I was like, okay, the chicken scene. Yeah, body horror. Yeah, okay. Body I'm, horror. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'll move on. I'll move <laughs> on. Two stars, Letterbox. 2021. The chicken on the table looked yummy, but the mom was scary.
1: Same though. The food looked amazing. I wanted to eat the so food. Good. And mashed potatoes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want that meal. hmm I, I want that meal.
1: With the gravy train. Mm. Choo, choo. I, I would have... I wouldn't have left. <laughs> she would have gone me.
0: <laughs> she like, would you like a Dr. Pepper? Yeah, I would. I would Please. actually. <laughs> you have that? Okay. You have
1: the- Oh, that's fantastic.
0: <gasps> My mom only gets Dr. Pib. What the hell?
1: <laughs> that's fantastic.
0: <laughs> she would as a child if she would have been like i have an entire vault of sour candy i would have been like put the bu- I'll, I'll put the buttons on I'll I, I can do it. On. <laughs> I it i got it no don't you worry no, i got it i got it <laughs> <laughs> me who can't even touch my own eye is like <laughs> can hardly put contacts in <laughs> uh two stars 2022 on letterboxd fuck them parents <laughs> which, which ones? ones? which ones? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's funny maybe all of them that's what they meant
0: i honestly star and a half from 2020 on letterboxd ew if you like this movie as a kid you will grow up to be a psychopath Bleh. there's no way <laughs> <laughs> i'm not li- <laughs> all monsters are human <laughs> there's no <laughs> people scare me <laughs> yes There's no way in hell a sane child could remotely enjoy watching people get buttons sewed onto their eyeballs. Okay, it doesn't actually happen in the movie. I also hate this kind of animation, but I respect it, as I know it caters to weirdos who dislike actual kids' movies. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (sighs) I don't need your pity bitch. I'm
1: fine. It gives that super Christian girl in school who I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. It gives I gives that energy. I'll pray for you.
0: Start off from 2023 doofus couldn't keep herself upright to save her life while running those button eyes wouldn't have helped her more <laughs> okay all right <laughs> she did she did kept she, she she ran funny she's not a track star she's not a track, she's not a track, star. A track star okay she did she was run also funny. running for her life yeah she was you know, slipping oh and... you know
1: okay i'm gonna make an observation here you know how you run in dreams and it's like super slow and uh-huh. like
0: it's, kind it's of, hard to do it's
1: really hard to do you don't go anywhere it it, it feels like like you're not moving at all mm-hmm. kind of like what she does in this movie a little bit kind of gives that that vibe of like dream running where you, you're oh, yeah. I, I hate when i have to run in dreams it doesn't work it's like quicksand oh it's so awful
0: i don't think i've ever ran in a dream you've never
1: been chased by something you never had to like run and chase something or you gotta go run and get something or save something
0: no, most of my nightmares that I've ever had usually include me being like above something that's really like I'm high up. And if I fail, I die. And mm. I try not to fall. Mm. That sucks. So my feet are my feet are not on the ground. Mm. The, for, the example that pops in my head from childhood that scared the shit out of me. You know, those like tubes in playgrounds that you, like you crawl through. Mm. It was one of those, but it was going over the Grand Canyon. Oh my God. <laughs> That's
1: so fucking terrifying. And also just like... Oh, it's so... Like, I understand in the dream how terrifying, horrible... Like, that's a horrible dream. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I have I've know what you're
0: talking about. Mm-hmm. But how goofy of a scenario is that? That's such a... It was a like gr- a Chuck E. Cheese one. You know, It's like- so
1: fucking funny, but not in the dream. In the dream, that's horrifying and scary, but... It, once you wake up you're like that's so fucking stupid
0: yeah most of my stuff involves falling from high up like i don't that's it must be your big
1: your big fear might not be
0: able to run fast enough or at all mm-hmm. okay so there's i think there's three left mm-hmm. this is a two star from 2020 on letterboxd my favorite part my favorite stop in animo- <laughs> probably my favorite stop motion animated movie with a full musical number about tits and ass i'm known as the siren of all seven seas <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's fucking funny. Yeah, I'm sorry. That went over my head for a second. Yeah. Okay, so these are the last two. They're both positive. This is a 10 out of 10 from IMDb titled Wonderfully Arg," So awesome. Loss of words from 2009. Okay, we're going to take a stab, a well-woven needle hand. Yeah. At this, or a well, or well-woven ne- needle hand at this movie. I hearted it. I hearted it for the movie's heroine. For the eerie, <laughs> tangible, dark balance of the movie. For every fluffy cotton candy cannon, there was a dark rodent or sp- part to even the movie out, for the beautiful animation and artistry, and for a quippy script. I've read people's reviews saying that the movie had no heart, and that is a lie. This movie has a strong message about family and even had a scene that made me teary-eyed. And I'm like 25. <laughs> lol another high point was the soundtrack and 3d vision both were pulled to such a high to such high quality it just enhances the experience henry Selick, you are a genius and neil gaiman must be proud to have, s- have this film on screen 10 out of 10 see you soon <laughs> oh i love it that was great that was a great one i remember when i found this i was reading it and i said i saw and i'm like 25 and i was like what no uh, that's really this is a 12 year old uh, no is way a <laughs> I love that. That was really good. I saw it and I was like, okay, that is how I feel about the movie as an adult. Yeah. I hearted it. (laughs) I hearted it. I hearted it. And then this last one, 10 out of 10 IMDb, amazing and unique from 2010. I am 11 years old. Oh, okay. This was, this one was like a kid perspective. Mm -hmm. I am 11 years old and I absolutely loved this movie. Every bit of it was fantastic. I read the book before I watched the movie and was quite satisfied. I, for one, did not have nightmares of such. I think adults are completely overestimating what children can handle. This was a fine movie, but maybe some el- some of the elements weren't appropriate for younger viewers, like Miss Bink and Forcible were performing <laughs> in the other world. I may be different than other children because I can tolerate more scary elements. This was creepy and very original. I love how twisted and strange it was. The movie was very good, and I do suggest some of you actually allow yourselves to enjoy it without criticizing the moment you see something that seems inappropriate. I am a huge Neil Gaiman fan, and trust me, if I can endure The Lost Boys... I am pretty sure I can endure this. Parents, stop being overprotective and allow yourself to see the good things. This might be
1: the most like well-written review.
0: I want to pull out this review every time we get, we watch a movie from our childhood and we get a review that's like, it's too scary or it's not. Mm-hmm. You're underestimating what kids can handle and a kid is saying it. Yeah, exactly. After hearing all those reviews, what would you rate Coraline? I think it's easy. 10 out of 10. I agree. This is the curve of the scale that I grade on. So do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? I feel like we've said it all. I think we have. If you have any other movies you want to suggest to us, you can send it to us on our Instagram at Takes. We also have a TikTok at Takes. We have a Letterboxd account where you can follow us. We have our website, easybigtakespodcast.com, where we post our episodes and review overviews and our transcripts. And don't forget to share us with a friend. Follow us wherever you listen and leave a rating if you can, because it really helps us out a lot. And thank you so much for listening. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.